Welcome to the Beyond the Leash podcast, your number one source for everything canine. Eric Straitmans and Melissa Riley got you covered on the latest training tips, techniques, and more. No clicker training bullshit constantly bribing with treats. Just balanced dog training that works. Now, here's your hosts, Eric and Melissa. And a good hello, hello, hello to everybody. This is Eric from Beyond the Leash Canine Training with our second, second podcast. This is podcast episode number two. Um, I am here with the more attractive partner of Beyond Stop. the Leash Canine Training, the much more attractive. I'm the motley one. You get the brains, brawn, Brain. uh, beauty, brains. bra. I don't know. Bronze, beauty, brains. Which ones do I have? I have uh, any of those? You know what the jury's still out on. <laughs> I may I have know. none of those. Um, hopefully, we can figure that out. Oh, what's this going again? I gotta, I gotta watch this stuff. Um, brain, what is it? Beauty, bronze, and brains. Which one am I? Well, you've got. I, you know, I at least have the brawn. Yeah, for sure you do. Let's turn that up a little bit. Um, do I have any of those three? Of course you do. I'm just playing with my sound effects on here. Okay, so uh, episode number two. Um, let's talk about episode number two. The first one, hopefully everybody had a... Still listening to it now. I hope it's being very useful because we decided to start with the biggest topic I get, biggest phone call, and it was potty training. Um, it was... I think it was pretty informative, Melissa. Yeah. I think if you use those tricks. And so the, far, the feedback's been great. People feedback's are been good, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what? You know what's funny? What I, I said to Melissa, I go, you know what? People, that thing we just gave away for free on the podcast, dog trainers are charging hundreds of dollars to go into your house and just yap about that same crap because they won't tell you, again, I'm going to have to go back to episode one, that the dog trainer's not really doing the behavior things. The owner has to do the behavior things, and I screwed this up on the first one, because it's a job from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. A dog trainer can't come in for an hour and teach your dog to be outside, which we talked about in the last episode. Exactly. So the next one we thought about, the the second one I get. Then the second one is another home behavior that can be a large issue for a lot of people. And what is that? Nipping. The nipping of puppies. The baby sharks with the razor blades yes, for teeth. Yes. And what people got to understand, the first thing is that I don't care. A lot of people call me like their dog's nipping, like it's the only one on the planet that's doing this bad behavior. And it's not the case. Every dog will nip, some a little more than others. Yeah. Like our, and we should give a shout out here because Gia is in the studio Gia's, with us today. Gia's in the building. Oh, wait. wait I, I got to get more. Be- Gia's in the building. Yeah. I got to get better on these sound effects because they're pretty cool. Yay, Gia. So if you hear Another a one. little bit. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting sound effect happy. Yes, you are. Uh, if you hear snoring in the background, that's Gia. Yeah, she it's is not a Melissa asleep at the wheel. She's a bulldog and she's yeah. quite snorty. Um, another thing, about, a couple things about the nipping. First off, uh, there's nothing. I don't care what anybody says. There's no magic pill, no magic wand. There's nothing you're going to perform tonight. And a puppy's going to wake up all of a sudden not nipping. Yeah, I call it a growing pain. It's a gradual getting better and subsiding over time rather than let's do this and my dog's going to know not to nip anymore. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that this is my life now. 
for the, <laughs> the rest of the natural I'm gonna, natural life of I'm this gonna, dog. I'm going to give a shout out because I know he watched the first one because he made a comment. I'm going to give a shout out to comments owner because this man oh <laughs> had a uh, Australian Shepherd puppy. Yes. And his name's Comet with a K. He was one of the star dogs at the school later on. But when he came into the school, this man looked like he fought Freddy Krueger on his forearms. Like, it was so bad. It looks like he was drawing blood, scraping with the nails. I can't imagine that. I've only met Comet <laughs> since he's been. He's the best dog ever. Yeah, he's pretty good. But yeah, he's he was such a great so, job with Comet. He was Comet. a little prick when he was a puppy, and we had to oh. teach him not to be a prick. Um, and another thing, when your puppy nips, I'm going to get into all this stuff, but they're, they're, the one thing I want to stress is they're never being bad boys or girls. It's just a behavior that they yeah. do. Um, good news is puppies will nip for three reasons. Three reasons. And two of them are going away. Two of them are going away. Whether you train it, don't train it, don't do anything, they're going away. The first two reasons that will go away. First off, puppies do not have hands. If you've ever had an infant, Melissa, you've had three of them for sure. Yeah, yep. They live with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if you've ever had an infant in your hand at any point, a newborn, Remember, those, they're just new to the world, just came out of the womb. What does a newborn do when you hold them? They grab onto things. They grab your fingers. That's a popular thing that mm-hmm. babies do. They grab that finger, and they grab your eyeglasses, and they grab your keys. Your hair. Yeah. yeah, and the reason being is that they're new to the world, so they're actually inspecting the world with touch. A lot of times they'll follow that up by jamming whatever that is directly <laughs> into their mouth. And, 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 but puppies don't have hands. So they will use their mouth to inspect the world. What's this? What's this feel like? They don't have hands, so they can't grab it, so they're going to grab it with their mouth. And that's going to go away over time, too. The second one, back to, back to infants again, what's a, what's a teething stage? When, when do babies do that? You know, it's different for everybody. It really is different for everybody. Okay, well, but let's not go into detail. Yeah. That. We don't care. But whenever that stage is for a, a human baby, they're going to teeth. Yeah. And their gums are going to get sore, and they need to chew on. That's why they have soothers. That's why they have things. They're miserable. That's why, uh, and this isn't a shout-out because yeah. we're not connected them, Nyla Bone will actually make teething toys that come with, like, a gel inside. You can put it in the freezer, and, beca- and you take it out, and you give it to the puppy because the cool ice-type g- frozen gel on their teeth. Are I don't know about what it is like for dogs, but human babies really have a hard time. It's awful for them fevers and they're quite miserable while the whole teething it's the same thing it's a lot of pain and they need to chew that one's going away too yeah that one's going away whether you train it or not the teething phase is going to be over the ad the last reason why puppies chew or nip and that's the one we got to nip in the bud immediately is for dominance um they're, that's how, that's what they would do with their own pack, with their own litter. That's what they do. And Eric, dominance is not to be confused with aggression. No, absolutely not. Um, I'm going to talk about one of my puppies when I got her and just a little story on that. Um, I got one of my puppies, Rogue, from Georgia. And her, I don't know exactly, but I, did, I didn't get to see them. It was Georgia. I just got it from the breeder because the one dog was actually a Georgia military police dog, the mother, I think. And the dad was actually somehow part of the, some police, other police for, I think it was the U.S. military. What a gene pool. Yeah. So they're badass dogs. (laughs) So I got her and I actually wanted a female. And there was one other runt female, I think. But besides that, it was all, it was a litter of seven or eight, all males except her basically in the runt. Um, 
And because when most people get a dog locally, you'll drive, I don't know, somewhere farmland, which usually breeders are yeah. a little bit outside the country or city. I, my dog's 14 hours away. I couldn't see her. I couldn't physically pick her. Luckily, there was only two females, so it made my choice a little bit less, and I didn't want to run. Um, not that I don't love runs, but I didn't want to run. Um, so instead of physically seeing the dog, I mean, I remember being on Facebook Live with the girl as they're being born that night. It was kind of cool. And because I couldn't see the dog, I, I, we did Zoom wasn't even available then. It was Skype calls we were doing. Every, every, every Sunday night, I think, we used to do a Skype call just so I could see them grow, kind of like we're looking at yeah. uh, uh, Mercy's puppies right now. Where mm-hmm. They just open their eyes. The breeder's sending us pictures because we're probably going to get one of the males. Kind of like that, but we could actually go up there and look at the puppy. Sure. I couldn't do that. Dogs yeah. in Georgia, unless I took a plane, you know, whatever. Um, well, here's my point. When puppies nip, they are not being bad. They're doing what is instinctual, especially if you have an alpha type dominant puppy on your hands. Now let's go back to my girl. Remember, she's the only girl besides the runt is six males, I think. And we're doing a Skype call and she's holding her up to the camera on the laptop and I'm looking at her face. I don't know, six weeks, four weeks, whatever. But we did it progressively. So as she's growing and her ears are going up and seeing the markings, I'm like, and there was one time I'm looking at her and she's like, oh, look how cute, look how girl. And in the background, I could see the, all the boys on the six nipples of the mother when she's lying on her side, how they like to nurse. And I'm watching this and she's holding her up and then she went and put my girl on the floor and my bitch, I mean that in the real sense of the word and the slang sense of the word, <laughs> not just the, I mean the actual functioning word bitch female dog um and she was a bitch she ran over to one of the males one of her brothers grabbed him by the neck and threw him off threw him off and when he saw who it was he looked she took the nipple he ran the other direction he didn't fight back melissa like i I believe it he he ran almost scared Mm -hmm. there was another episode like i said we're on the zoom calls once a week and they weren't on feeding right now they were in a playpen kind of jumping around playing with each other, fun, happy, because my dog's out of the pen and being held up to the camera. And then we were done. She put her back in the pen, and all the boys are playing together, and my dog ran over there, and they scattered like a shooting star. Like, all six brothers were terrified of this girl. Straight out of the gate. Rogue being rogue. Yeah. Um, so here's my, that's my point. As a dog trainer, I'm watching this. I'm like, holy fuck, what am I getting into with this puppy? I knew that puppy was going to be maybe a little bit food protective aggressive i knew she was going to nip more than most other puppies on the planet because that's what she was doing to her brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. or sister actually she was protective of the runt funny but she was beating up all the boys and she was like a pound heavier than all of them so that's my point here the dogs are not being bad boys and girls what they're being is just I came out of this womb as a desire to be a leader or a desire to be somewhere in the middle or a desire to be a docile chill pup. Mm-hmm. So obviously the ones that come home with alpha in them, they're, they're, that's what they would have done in the, in the royal pack world. They would have beat yeah. up the other wolves, the other dogs. And your dog more than most, um, coming from the DNA that she did, mm. um, you know, would have been in line to do protection training or more like bite work. Absolutely. And when she got home, I knew she was going to do that, but that's my point. She's not being a bad girl. Mm -hmm. She's just doing what's natural to her. I'm going to take over this house. 
She learned real quick and learned to do that to Beppe. Because yeah. <laughs> Beppe's the top bitch underneath me. Mm-hmm. Um, so understand that. Don't go on my dogs being bad. Yeah. Gia used to attack Melissa. like <laughs> She treated me. I was her human teething toy and i stopped it right away melissa's you know she's got to do a little bit better techniques of, yeah. of, of her and she does baby g a little bit so g yes. is going to realize that and take over yeah. um so we, first off your dog's not being bad they're just going to do it some are going to do it lots some are going to do it more than others the first thing i want to talk about with the nipping is because if you go to google right now melissa mm-hmm. and you google how do i stop my puppy from nipping it's going to be Probably 80% of the first three pages, what the worst, the, the thing that I think is the absolute worst thing to do when a puppy nips. Um, <laughs> the, it's the worst thing you can do. Do you know what I'm talking about? You haven't heard me say this on the phone 8,000 times. It's the Yelp method or oh, ouch yes. method. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that, like I said, literally, as you're doing this, go on your computers, Google, how do I stop my puppy from nipping? It's going to be the Yelp method because you're going to get all these trainers that suggest that. Mm -hmm. And these smart dog trainers, and I'm using air quotes. And for those of you that don't know, the Yelp method is, oh, once they start nipping you, give a little ipe like you're hurt or ouch and make the dog know it hurt you and they will stop. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And explain that. Why is that? Can I say say that one more time? Say stupid one more time. Stupid, fucking stupid. Tell us how you really Worst feel. thing you can do. It's going to make it worse. Um, here's why this these smart dog trainers, again, air quotes, when we get the video podcast, you'll see the air quotes. Um, the reasons these, these smart dog trainers have come up with this method is because if you watch a litter of puppies interact, you can see, like I said, with Rogue and her puppies and probably Mercy's puppies right now, they do three things. One, they sleep like they're in a coma and nothing can wake them up. Yep. This is all puppies do. They eat like they've never eaten before and they're starving or they beat the crap out of each other like they literally at the point where some of them look like they don't like each other. And the, what they're doing is they're biting, they're pulling the ears, they're, they're, they're stepping on a head. And these smart dog trainers watch this and what you'll see is, remember, they're trying to vie for leadership. There's six puppies, eight puppies, whatever. They're trying to see who's going to be the boss, who's going to get more milk off the mom, who's going to be the tough guy. Absolutely. And you'll see, uh, they're, they're watching this, these smart dog trainers, and they've got one dog's got his brother's head on the ground, and he almost looks like he's ripping off the ear. He's biting. Yeah. And it, it looks like, oh, my God, he's going to rip that ear off. And then the one on the bottom will eventually, because he's in pain, he'll go, hype. And then it seems that the one that was on top doing the aggression seems to stop and walk away. So would that be the equivalent to when your big brother's Charlie horsing you and you scream uncle? Yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah. But, but here's, the, here's the point. They, they said, before we even get to that, they, they, they go, okay, maybe that'll work at home. And the problem is it does work. Not all the time, but it works with 40 or 50% of dogs. If you yelp, they'll stop. But it's why it's working that's the problem. Uh, the reason it's wearing is like, like Melissa just said, by yelping, the bottom dog, the dog that was getting bit, the dog that was getting hurt has waved a white flag. And again, you don't see this, but I'm literally doing a symbol. Like I'm waving. A, they're conceding the leadership. They say, okay, I give up. You're my boss. And so the dog feels, I don't, I did my job. I let that dog know that I'm tougher than him. I'm going to walk away. 
Now, here's the problem when you do that with a dog. They might walk away. They might stop nipping you. Then a half hour, hour later, they're trying to get on a couch they're not supposed to be on or in the garbage, and you're like, Fido, get off there. And he's going to look at you going, what the fuck? I just told you half an hour ago, I made you yelp, showing you I'm the boss. You have no right to tell me to get off this couch. No right to tell me to get out of this garbage. I'm going to have to nip you again and do it even worse because you didn't understand the first time I made you yelp. Right. So never, ever, 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 ever yelp. It's going to make it worse. I call people and they go, yeah, we've been doing that. It seems to be getting worse. I go, that's why. You're conceding to the dog in their language. You're telling them that they're stronger, tougher, more important, more dominant than you. So another method that we hear about or I've heard you talk about is the growl method. Can we talk about that? Well, here's the thing. and then we can. It's actually part of this. Um, in the old days... Breeders didn't give dogs they were 9 or 10 weeks, sometimes 11 or 12. Yeah. When I had my dog, I said, keep that dog till 11 or 12 weeks, or I don't want it. I'll give my thousands of dollars to somebody else, um, another breeder. Um, and then, this is talking 50, 60 years ago, and then 11, 10 weeks became 9 or 8, 8 became 7. I'm hearing horror stories of people bringing their dogs home at 5 weeks. Yeah, seeing it more and more. Oh, didn't we just have somebody come in and got their dog at five yep. weeks? I was like, what? Yep. And here's the thing there, and I got some breeder friends, but they, they, they really shouldn't, they, they, their, their ideology is, okay, this dog's weaned off the mother's nipples, let's get him into homes, because then we can start on our next breeding. Yeah, let's talk more, more about that. <laughs> well, we only got so much time. We get yeah. <laughs> But um, here's what people don't understand. Remember I said those puppies are going to vie for leadership? Yeah. They're going to fight, they're going to... Develop a hierarchy in weeks in that litter. They know you see a litter at seven weeks. They've kind of already established, established who the boss is, who the ones that are weak, who's going to get them nipples after the others. They've established that. And then for lack of a better word, the really tough ones, the toughest one is going to get ballsy. And this only happens at eight weeks, nine weeks. They're going to get really ballsy and they're going to go try that shit with their mom. <laughs> They're going to actually go nip their mom trying to push her around. And better than I can, better than you can, better than anybody can, that mom is going to put that puppy in her fucking place immediately. Going to make the dog's head spin. 100%. And she'll do two things. Her first method is what Melissa just said, the growl method. She's going to literally turn around and... We're going to talk about you trying this with Gia. Yeah. It's just... It was... It was... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I've got to get on this a little better. Um, seeing Melissa try this method upstairs with Gio? <laughs> i got to get on the sound effects better. Um, <clears throat> I was laughing downstairs hearing her do this. But you literally bare your teeth. If a dog nips your hands, your feet, whatever, I'm going to turn at the dog and I'm going to show my teeth and go, Argh! and literally startle the dog. I want the dog's ears to go back and go, whoa, what the f- was that? That's what I want to do. Um, and that's what the mother does. The mother basically says, hey, don't nip me. I'm your mother. Respect to me. Go nip your brothers and sisters. Yeah. She's not taking that shit. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to stand for it. And that's what we call bite inhibition as dog trainers. When a dog comes home with realizing that they maybe can bite people under them, but they got to respect people over them. That's the mother's instilling that. And if you bring a dog too home too early, 
that hasn't been that hasn't been established. So further to your point there, there is a socialization that happens while the puppy is under the mom's care. Oh, they they can t- they can learn a lot of things with the, with the mom the longer they're there with them. That's right. We we talked about potty training yesterday, but a dog if a mother's going outside to pee, dogs actually watch that. She watch she's watching Beppe. Yeah. That's that's she you can literally see her like brain work as she sees Beppe go outside and pee and then she tries to mimic it. That same thing happens with a mother. So Eric, would you say that there is a correlation like you're getting more people calling you about nipping since we're seeing these puppies going uh, well not really more people early. calling but that is a bigger issue a bigger because problem. they're coming home early so right. let's get dogs home eight weeks is about earliest i'd like to go mm-hmm. a little few minutes more but let's go back to the growl method which is the first method i'm going to use but that's not good enough we're going to growl we're going to startle Arr! and i want that puppy's ears to go back oh what the hell i just bit your hands and then you got to take one of the three chew toys that you're leaving with the dog, be it a deer antler, a Kong, a nylabone, and I'm going to put that in the puppy's face or, and let the dog chew that. When the dog chews that, I'm going to praise the dog like I would just won the 649. Right. Oh, it's a good girl, good girl, while she's chewing the nylabone that she's allowed to chew. Rewarding her for yes. chewing on something yes. that's appropriate. Now, this is all going to be under the category of the nipping. Um, this is about more about toys, and this is something Melissa didn't really listen to me for. <laughs> yeah. Because um, she, lo- she, she loves, yeah, she spoiled her. Um, my She's rule my is baby. when you come home with a puppy, and this is all going to make sense when we get through it all. Yeah. When you get home with a puppy, my dog is only going to have two, maximum three toys that are theirs. With Rogue, I had a deer antler, I had a Kong, and I believe I had a kick it ball which is like a ball that has grooves in it. That they that, Those were her three toys. I do not want multiple toys all the time. Now, there's a difference. Rogue was a Frisbee champion. She probably had 15 toys. She had tennis balls. You can have tennis balls. You can have fetch-type toys. But the three that you give them, you never take them away. And all other toys... Those three toys are the, belong to the puppy. She leaves them in the hallway. She leaves them on her bed. She leaves them on the carpet. I'm not picking them up. I'm not putting them away. They belong to the dog. The so dog owns them. We shouldn't have 87 different no, shoe not, toys. No, not, not 87. <laughs> Our BarkBox <laughs> subscription. Now, now the, the thing is, you can have multiple tennis balls, frisbees, whatever. But they, when I play with those with my puppy and we're done, I'm putting them away somewhere the dog can't get them. The dog's got to understand everything but those three belong to me, and I'm letting you play with something I, I own. And again, this is toys, but it's going to go with the nipping. Um, remember, every time a dog nips me, I'm taking one of those three toys. I'm going to give her that growl. It's going to sound ridiculous, especially if you're Melissa. Urgh. Can you do it? I tried. I tried. <laughs> She's so trying hard. to seem mean, but she can't. There um, she is saying hello. So... So I'm going to growl. I'm going to stuff that toy in her mouth. Now let's go back to, I used to, in my early in my career, I used to do home puppy consultations. Not really training, just puppy consultations. And I was going to this guy's house early on in my career. And he had a Rottweiler puppy. I don't remember the dog's name. It was 15, 20 years ago. And he asked me to meet him at the side door. So I parked my car, come out, and I had my little notepad, whatever. I was a newer dog trainer back then. Um... And he opened the back door, and I walk in the side door, sorry, not back door, side door in his driveway, and I have to walk up a small flight of stairs. And up those flight of stairs, I see, A, a tennis ball with saliva all over it, and B, a stuffed animal kind of thing. We, I'll walk up into his kitchen now, 
And in the kitchen, I see a squeaky toy, I see a rope, and I see a different kind of ball with knobs on it. Sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> laughter. Oh, that's even better. I hit the wrong button. Won't, won't, won't. Whatever. Um, so there's three or four toys in the kitchen. And then we're walking towards the hallway. He's leading me to his living room. And there's another kind of squeaky with a rope through it. And then there's another stuffed animal. And then we go into the living room. And there I see what I call the proverbial laundry hamper full of dog toys. It's literally a laundry hamper. In his case, it was actually a laundry hamper. And they were full with, I'm, I'm, not, kid, I'm not kidding you, 20 to 30 toys. Yeah. And he's putting them away, but the dog's pulling them out just as fast as a Rottweiler puppy. He's pulling them out just as fast as he's putting them away. Not only that, there was one under the coffee table and one beside the living room couch. This guy's balling up at Ren's. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's probably spent Take my credit a card. lot of money at Ren's, this guy. Yeah. Um, and we sit down, and we're probably we're just opening the discussion, and probably two or three minutes later, his puppy, because we're by the front door now, his puppy went to the front door. I don't know if it's his shoe or somebody in his family. It was a human shoe. Picked up a shoe and started gnawing on it. And he stands up. He's like, Fido, bad boy, bad. He went, so grabs the toy and gives him a little spank on the bum. I go, why the fuck are you giving your dog shit for chewing your shoe? I didn't say fuck, I don't think. Um, <laughs> that was too early in my career for me to do that. But I said, why are, you, why are you giving this dog crap for chewing your shoe? He goes, you're a dog trainer. You're telling me he's allowed to chew my shoe? I go, no, but you made it impossible, literally impossible for him to figure out what he can chew and what he can't because I just passed about 15 things on the way to this room that were also on the floor that he's allowed to chew. Exactly. Does everybody understand the point? This dog is confused. Why wouldn't that chew be exactly like the stuffy, the ball, the rope? Everything seems to be on the floor is his to have access to. Yeah, the dog can't differentiate between no, what's mine no. and what's human. Because you've, you've, you've made it too many multiple things. Everything on the floor is fair game and in a dog's mind. And a lot of people say to me, oh, we're, we're, we're only giving them three at a time, but we interchange them. So we go, no, you want them to get bored. You want them to understand. Not bored, that's not the right word. But you want them to understand, these are the three things I'm allowed to chew. Nothing else. These are your options. If you're putting in, oh, let's take these three away and now give them a ball and a stuffy instead of the Kong and the nylon, it, it's too many things. It's too many things. Mm -hmm. um, now let's go back to our method of growl and replace. That's basically what you're doing. Arr! And then when they look at you all weird, like, oh my God, and your ears go back, then you put the nylon bone in their mouth. You go, good girl, that's a good girl, baby, good girl. You clap, you do whatever. Now let's go back to that. Remember, I'm doing this every day. You're not going to wave a magic wand, do it twice tonight, and he wakes up not nipping tomorrow. I'm doing this repetitively every time they chew my hands and feet. Mm -hmm. Now think about this, and we're going to go to the Blue Jays because everybody knows I'm the biggest Blue Jay fan on the planet. And when I had Rogue, uh, I was at home, I was single, and I used to watch a lot of Blue Jay games with her. And I'm in my house. Now picture this. Every single time she bites me, she gets the growl. I put that in her mouth. I praise like crazy. Now... I used to have this open concept kind of living room. Melissa's been there. Living room, dining room area. It was like a big room, whatever. And I remember sitting there watching a Blue Jay game. And even from 30 feet away, I'm on the couch watching the Blue Jay game. Rogue's over at the table that we still have. And then we got to get a new one. On that same table, Rogue goes over there and starts chewing on the table. Actually, it might have been a different table because we bought that. Yeah, that's right. But it was similar to that one. It was brown wood. And she's chewing on this t dining room table leg, which puppies love to do. 
And you know what I did? I went, Arr! I growled at her. She looked up. I picked, I got off my butt off the couch, grabbed the Kong or Nyla bone, and I ran over to her and put it in her mouth. She started chewing out. I was like, good girl. It's a good girl, baby. Good girl. So she's repeatedly getting that, repeatedly getting that. Um, picture this. A few days later, I don't know when it was, but it was a few days later. I'm sitting watching a different Blue Jay game because they're on every day, thank God. Or hate that for Melissa because yeah. I disappear for the whole season. Um, so I'm sitting watching the Blue Jay game. This is two or three days later. And she, Rogue, comes into the dining room. And instead of opting for that table leg, she picked up her own toy, one of the three. I can't remember which one it was, Nyla Bone. And she started gnawing on that. I literally stood up. That's a good girl from 30 feet away. A good girl, baby. Good girl. And I'm clapping and I'm getting excited. Think about it in her brain. She's like, okay, there's only, remember, there's only three. Not like that Rottweiler puppy that had 24 things on the ground. There's only three. She's going to learn really quickly that this guy in my home here, it seems to be I'm staying, gets really excited and happy when I chew these three things. And if I chew anything else, he gets upset. He does that growl, which is to him, his mother growling at him as far as I'm concerned. And then he redirects me to one of these three things. I get it. If I want to, I want him to be happy. I don't want him to be upset. So I'm going to chew these three things and only these three things. Right. Maybe when the dog's fully housebroken. Remember, we talked about housebreaking yesterday. It's not just potty training. It's where you freedom in the house. Mm-hmm. Not destructive, not peeing, not anything. Once a dog's housebroken, maybe you can bring in a couple more toys, but not during that nipping phase. Yeah. It's too, too harsh. So three behaviors that we see with the puppy's mouth is nipping, mouthing, biting, right? Uh, biting and nipping are kind of the same. Okay, so with the mouthing. Mouthing, again, like it's hard. I can't. You, you're not going to know exactly what it is. You're just going to know that the, the, the teething one's going to go away. The inspection one's going to go away. It's the more dominant one that's not. Right. Unless you nip it in the bud. And if you do have a dog that is a fan of chewing woodwork, I mean, you should be okay, supervising so the dogs. Other, the other method, and remember, we, we, we talked about the potty training yesterday and having that dog on your hip when you're not, when you're distracted by something else in life and you can't give 100%, tying that dog to you, again, it's not only going to stop him from peeing and you not catching it, it's going to stop him from going to the kitchen and chewing on the baseboards or whatever. Right. And uh, again, I've, we've had these conversations with people who call us um, who refuse to put their dogs in crates. But mm-hmm. again, if you do have a dog that's chewing up your furniture and woodwork, put them in a crate. There is one more thing that I like to use, and unfortunately, some, well, sometimes you can use a tool rather than training. That's sometimes better than training. Right. Um, but the problem with some of these tools is they're going to work. Here's the problem. When we obedience train a dog in here, I don't care if it's a 155-pound uh, Shaquille, yeah. <laughs> which Shikoli. is a mastiff mix. He's huge. Shout out to oh, I don't care if it's a little tiny Rocky, like that little white yeah. dog that's just doing going through... I basically train a Chihuahua the same way I train a Great Dane, same way I train a Lab. Problem with these behavior things is what our first couple podcasts were about, is what worked for that yellow Lab may not work for the German Shepherd. You may need to find another bag of tricks. Um, The nipping, the growl method I just told you, that'll work. But there's another method that I like to use. You know what it is, Melissa? Is it the no-chew spray? Yeah, no-chew bitter 
anti-chew spray of any kind. Now, here's the funny thing. Everybody heard the term bitter apple. I can tell you right now, without even looking at it, back of the bitter apple bottle, turn it around, it's going to say made in 1960 by a pharmacist. That was a long effing time ago. Um, The reason why bitter apple is so popular, because it's like Kleenex. You know, Kleenex, that's that's actually a brand name, Melissa. Right. If I said, Melissa, can you pass me a Kleenex? You're not going to go, no, this is Royale tissue or Scott tissue. I can't pass you this because it's not clean. Nobody fucking cares. They're going to yeah. just pass you the whatever it is. Kleenex like Xerox. Make me a Xerox. Oh, this is a Pitney Bowes machine. It's bitter apples like that. Everybody mm-hmm. calls it bitter apple. There's only one brand called bitter apple. And again, 1960 was 40, 60 years ago. It's a long time ago. They have come up with much better products since then where that, I don't think the, the, the ingredients, the, the recipe, if you will, for bitter apple has even changed in those 60 years. And not only is it a better product, but it's a safe product, right? Yes. Like you can spray it on your house plants, yes. um, anywhere. So my point is that there's better brands than bitter apple. There's uh, Yuck. There's one called Bitter No Chew by Top Paw. And that's one we, I don't want to really give yeah. a referral yet because we went on Amazon and there's Fooey with also, an F. Also, side note, we're not personally sampling these yes. or tasting them. I used to. <laughs> I haven't in a while. I used to go into the stores and literally spray them on my, fi- oh on my, my, my tongue. Um, this is what separates him <laughs> into a different category of a dog well, the, the one that, myself. The one that I hated and couldn't get out of my mouth, that's the one I'm buying. But, uh, Fooey actually has an ad on Amazon. It says the world's most bitter tasting spray. Now, this stuff has been made for the baseboards, for the table legs, for the speaker wires. For the leash. And it's so good. A little side note. I don't know if we're running out of time here, but a little side note. um, I once, I didn't have a, we still got the cat. I've had this cat, Faith, for like 10, 12 years. Awesome, badass cat. She's our house. She, I love her, but her only problem is if you leave a headphone like a, for your gym, a charger, any small wire, you leave it for two minutes, it's, it's, it's come back and it's gone. She's the wire assassin. Yeah, she's a wire assassin. Yeah. Now, so I, I can train dogs. I can't train this cat. I don't know anything about cats, but she was always chewing my speaker wires behind the computer. I had a computer in my bedroom at the time. And I had enough of it, so I just took this bitter apple spray. Not bitter apple, it was a different brand. And I, I think it was bitter no chew. I sprayed it all over the wires everywhere. And of course she put her mouth on it and it tasted. And like Melissa was saying, this stuff doesn't smell. It won't ruin furniture. It just tastes yeah. like you want to puke. It's bad. Um, uh, so I sprayed this all over it. And then I, when Mike moved and I changed, I had a bed, I had a roommate and I moved his bedroom because I took the place by myself, I turned his bedroom into an office. So I'm moving the computer. And this is seven months down the road, maybe a year. <laughs> and I'm moving all the stuff, moving all the stuff. And taking. And then I was like, reached to my mouth, and I touched my mouth, and I got this horrible effing taste. I was like, oh, my God, what is that? That's gross. And I'm trying to think of where I'm getting this from, what I touched. And I went, oh, my God, that's from spraying these speaker wires six, seven, eight months ago. It was still on the speaker wire. So that's how good this stuff works. Now, what Melissa was saying, remember, this only works with 70% of dogs. Rogue used to eat the kitty litter like it was granola bars. I had to get one of those igloo ones that she couldn't get into. Dogs eat their own feces. Yeah. Some of them. The cat candy box. And you know what? I think we have another one here. Yeah, yeah. I've caught her in there a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if dogs are going to eat poop and cat poop and their own dog poop, What's going to taste that bad? But it will work with about 60 to 70% of the dogs. Some of them don't care you're saying. And yeah, 
But to find out, it's going to cost you, I don't know, $8.99 for yeah. one of those bottles, $12.99. If, if it works, you're going to be able to use it on so many things. So if all else fails, um, is a muzzle ever appropriate in those situations? Uh, I, don't, I don't really like the muzzle just for chewing things in the house because you're not paying attention. Right. Sometimes I think what you're thinking about is when we ask people to use a muzzle, that they're chewing them on walks and the owner's trying to train and they're chewing. I'm not gonna, that's not going to be a solution for chewing in the house or my own hands. Right. I, again, if you, you need a muzzle because they're eating the, car, the, the cardboard or, the, or what am I saying, the cupboard boards and the yeah. baseboards, um, if you need a then that, the dog should have been still on tied to you on a leash. Yeah. So or I'm not going to use a, a muzzle for that. Yeah. Or in a crate if you're not paying attention or gone completely. Yeah. Um, so that's going to work with 70% of dogs. Now, here's one thing about using that stuff. Um, we use it on dogs in the school when they chew leashes. A lot of the puppies will bite the leash. People have to buy two or three leashes Some, off of us. <laughs> honestly, I've seen them saw through multiple leashes yeah. within yeah. an hour. And you can see them come in. I'm yeah. like, that 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 leash is about One two chews away. <laughs> away from be, you needing yeah. a new leash. Um, so we use it to spray the bottom of the leash because they put their mouths on it. And they're like, ah, I don't want to touch that. And I tell people, if you're going to use this product and you start touching things, Please wash your hands like you work at the mechanics. You've got to wash your hands like you've been cutting jalapenos yeah, forget, all day forget, and about yeah. to put some contact Forget the 20-second COVID thing, singing happy no. birthday. Wash your hands. You've got to wash your hands like it's your job. Yes, like it's your job because if you don't, you'll even when I touch the bottle in the school, I'll wash my hands for a minute under hot, hot water because later I'll be eating an apple. And I'll, I'll oh God! And I'll, you'll scream bloody murder if you guys do this. You'll scream my name. You'll have fucking Eric. Goddamn! I can't. It doesn't matter. You can have a coffee. You can brush your teeth. Use Listerine. Some of that stuff ain't coming Lingers. out. It ain't coming out. Wow. Um. Anything else with the nipping? Again, you're not going to wave a magic wand. Do something tonight and expect the dog not to nip tomorrow. But like you said, with anything else, just be consistent with it. Yep. Offer up that favorite chew toy immediately when it yeah, starts. Yeah, it's, it's good. Some dogs will take weeks, but hopefully you're going to see a slow, slowly subside over those weeks. Yeah. You're not going to fix it in one day. That's not going to happen. Sometimes, too, when that behavior presents itself, it's just sometimes the dogs just get tired, a little bit cranky. Yep. Maybe it's time for, you know, again, I the crate should be looked at as something Arr, positive. I was just trying to do the <laughs> Melissa. Arr. Um, but sometimes I remember with Gia, I'm like, you know, I think this girl's ready for a little nap. Put her in there, and she instantly would fall asleep. And sometimes they wake up, and they're in a completely different frame of mind. So. I would be downstairs. Like I said, I Gia tried it with me, too. But my method's pretty solid, and I put her in her place, and she How respected me right me away. <laughs> and Melissa, you know, she babied her a little bit, and... This is, I'm, I'm downstairs and I'm hearing the girls and her yelling and screaming for me. Gia was like the Halloween, uh, the Jason coming at you. Let's not candy coat. She absolutely kicked my ass. Oh, uh, yeah, we, I got, we got I video. was physically assaulted. We got a video. On the daily from the, the stock. The one with the shark I put on. Yeah. The, doot, 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 the jaws. Doot, 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 and she's jumping at you. She was pretty hard ass. She's got a good bite too. Oh, yeah. She's got a big mouth for yeah. a little dog. Alligator face, this one. Yes. Um, so that's generally nipping. There's a few other things, but just basic. Um, hopefully this helps. I mean, I only, you really use those two methods, the growl and, and, and replace, 
Remember, just growling isn't enough. You got to replace it with something they're yeah. allowed to chew and praise them like you just won the six. And again, for first time dog owners, maybe this is the first dog that they've ever had. This isn't a behavior that they're going to have to deal with for the rest of the dog's life. It's again, this is something temporary. It's a growing pain. And another thing I tell people, this is what people don't understand. Remember when a dog's nipping, it's because they think they're the alpha or they're trying to be the alpha. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not, and I see this all the time, and same in our situation at first with Gia at least. Gia now respects Melissa like she's the boss because she, we've done everything right. Now I see families where they see the dad is the boss and they're not nipping the dad, but they're nipping the kids like yeah. fucking crazy and they're yeah. nipping the mom. The idea is to get them on the bottom of the pack. Remember I always say that a dog in a family of four has to be number five. Yeah. If there's six people in your home, that dog better be number seven. And this little plug for our school, beyondtheleash.ca, classes available eight times a month. But um, The obedience training also will get rid of that because what the obedience training is doing is setting you as the – there's a reason why I want their paws behind your heels. Yeah. There's a reason I want them listening to you at one command. Because once a dog understands, like that dog that yelped for the bigger dog, and we're not going to get a dog to yelp, but that dog seeing you as a leader will slow down the nipping as well. Because they, 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 the alpha nips. He's the one that tells everybody what to do. Once they understand they got to listen to you, all that stuff goes away. Right. That was great. Yes. Um, anything to add, Melissa? I think that that's, that's good. I was going to ask you about that, about the kids. See how long this one went. Uh, exactly 40 minutes, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so that was podcast number two. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Oh, what was it? Yeah, that was a pretty That's sexy. my radio voice. <laughs> I need a radio voice. Come on, everybody. Oh, that was, <laughs> no, you talk I'll, like I'll, that in real I'll life. I'll have the strip club DJ yes. voice. All right, guys, put your hands together for the very lovely, very talented... Mm. I can't remember. <laughs> um, but I, for those of you who don't know, I spent many, many years working in strip clubs before I got to this, which we'll, we'll do that on a podcast. Yeah. How I became a dog you know trainer will become yes. one. Let's talk about that. Okay, so we thank you for listening to podcast number two. I believe these are going pretty awesome. I'm glad that Melissa is very invested in this and she likes Hi. to do them because I love them. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we're going to help a lot of people out there without even having to come to us, people from distance, people in the States that are never going to come to our school, people in Australia. I get That's probably why we're doing this. I get a lot of people emailing me from all over the world, Australia, UK, England, England, yeah, Florida. They're, mm-hmm. they're calling me and they're, I'm on my YouTube and we can't find a trainer who trains like you. Hopefully this podcast stuff is going to help all those people. And that's part of the point. Awesome. Um, So thanks for listening to podcast number two. We will see you again for podcast number three. Stay tuned. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Beyond the Leash podcast. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and follow on all social media platforms. For more information or to connect with Eric and Melissa, check us out at beyondtheleash.ca. We'll see you next time.